Hey, it's Rick Kettner here. And in this episode, we're gonna go through three interesting insights from Zero to One by Peter Thiel. This book is about how to build businesses that create new products. So Peter makes the case that many businesses today are really focused on moving the world from one to N, one to two, two to three, three to four, just iterating and improving existing products, taking what we already have and making slightly better versions. And as the title suggests, what Peter is really calling on entrepreneurs to do is to take the world from zero to one, to find entirely new technologies, new solutions, new products that unlock capabilities that didn't previously exist. So rather than just iterating on what already exists, creating entirely new solutions to create new value and to create a much brighter and more interesting future. So if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a founder, if you're an investor or anybody else interested in building innovative new businesses, then I recommend that you pick up a copy of Zero to One by Peter Thiel. The book was first published back in 2014, but many of the ideas and insights are as important, if not even more important today. So with that in mind, let's dive into my three favorite insights, beginning with insight number one, the real challenge of the future. Peter is a contrarian, and right near the beginning of the book, he introduces a contrarian question, and that is, what important truth do very few people agree with you on? And the idea here is you want to get clear on the kind of thinking that you have in terms of your beliefs and the ideas that you hold that go against the status quo. Because if you want to create a product or a service or something unique that creates entirely new value, you really have to sharpen your thinking in terms of what it is that you believe in that other people do not. Now, he goes on to explain that an answer along the lines of, you know, the educational system is broken wouldn't necessarily be a valid answer because a lot of people believe that the educational system is broken. And so he explains a much better answer should take the form of most people believe in X, but the truth is the opposite of X. So you wanna get very clear in terms of what you believe that most other people wouldn't necessarily agree with. We're gonna come back to this a little bit later on in the episode, but Peter's own answer to this question is, most people think the future will be defined by globalization, but globalization without new technology is unsustainable. So he makes the case that many people today are thinking that the future is largely going to be predicated on taking existing technology, spreading it around the world through globalization, making it available to more people, but that this approach, if it's not predicated on new technology that makes things more efficient or more effective, well, we're almost certainly going to burn a lot of scarce resources and it might simply be entirely unsustainable to follow through on that particular strategy. So, what he really argues is that we must imagine and create new technologies if we want the future to be more peaceful, more prosperous, and better than not only the past, but even better than what we have today. And he makes the case that a startup is the best solution to this problem because large organizations, very it's very difficult for them to have the kind of contrarian thinking required to really create this kind of zero to one leap. 
Whereas a startup is perfectly positioned because any one individual might have unique views, might have their own take on what the future might hold, but as an individual entrepreneur or anyone else in the market, very difficult to cause significant change. But a startup is kind of the perfect balance in between where it's small enough to think differently and yet large enough to be effective in terms of creating change. So I love Peter's definition. A startup is the largest group of people you can convince of a plan to build a different future. Very interesting take. Let's move on to insight number two, mistaken reactions to past mistakes. When the dot-com boom collapsed in the late 90s, early 2000s, a lot of people changed their thinking in terms of how they view the future. And Peter makes the argument that a lot of people now believe the future is a lot more indefinite. They don't have the big, bold, audacious thinking that is necessary to create a much brighter future. And because of the dot-com collapse and everything involved in that, a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people in Silicon Valley now think very much in terms of quarters instead of in years or even decades. They're much less willing to take a huge risk and they're much more focused on making iterative improvements based on existing solutions that are already available to people. So much of what we talked about earlier in this episode, where it's one to two, two to three, but not necessarily zero to one. We're not willing to take those huge risks of trying something that is completely unique because we've seen from the dot-com boom, how bad failure can appear. And of course, there were other factors to do with the dot-com boom. There was all kinds of money being thrown around irresponsibly, so there were other things at play. But Peter makes the case that ultimately, we took some incorrect lessons from the experience. And four in particular that are covered in the book, number one, make incremental advances. Number two, stay lean and flexible. Number three, improve on the competition. And number four, focus on product, not sales. So Peter would argue that those are dogmas that have now been established among entrepreneurs and people in Silicon Valley, even though he would argue those are not necessarily good lessons to extract from the dot-com experience, the dot-com boom experience. And rather, he would argue, in fact, that the opposite might be closer to the truth. His own list includes, number one, it's better to risk boldness than triviality. Number two, a bad plan is better than no plan. Number three, competitive markets destroy profits. And number four, sales matters just as much as product. So Peter is making the case that ultimately it's more important to go big, to aim more for the long term, to find something more interesting and worthwhile to pursue than to simply make incremental advancements. Because if we want the world to move forward, if we want the future to be more prosperous than even today, and if we want the benefits of something like globalization, where we can take existing technology and spread it to more people, then we're going to really need new and interesting solutions to accomplish those goals in a much more sustainable way. We can't simply take what we have today and give it to everybody. That wouldn't be sustainable. But if we pursue new and interesting technology, we can still achieve the same underlying goal. Now, I think a perfect example of an entrepreneur that is very much following Peter Thiel's advice here would be Elon Musk. And of course, Elon Musk and Peter Thiel work together at PayPal. But if you look at what Elon Musk is doing today, 
He's got a number of very unique businesses that are pursuing zero to one level ideas. So for example, he's pursuing solar energy roof tiles, underground tunnels to alleviate congestion, reusable rockets to make any form of travel to and from space much more cost-effective, Neuralink, the brain-to-computer interface, and even something like Hyperloop. Each one of these ideas is an example of going from zero to one. And of course, we aren't all Elon. He's a pretty unique individual, clearly capable of carrying a lot of stress and focusing on a lot of different things at once between his different businesses. But the idea here is that we need more people like Elon, even if it's just pursuing one of these kinds of ideas. And even one of these ideas that might be you know, a little bit smaller in terms of overall scope, we do need more entrepreneurs that are creating these kinds of entirely new technologies that are moving the world from zero to one, unlocking new capabilities that in many ways are gonna unlock value over a longer time horizon. Let's move on to insight number three. All happy companies are different. The business version of Peter's contrarian question from earlier is what valuable business is nobody building? A really important keyword there is valuable. What valuable business is nobody creating? And the reason why this is important is because there are plenty of businesses out there that create an incredible amount of value for their customers, but they aren't able to capture enough of that value. And as a result, they don't have the revenues or the profits to continue to pursue interesting and innovative technology for the future. So for example, coming right out of the book, the airline industry. Here's an industry that generates an incredible amount of value for travelers, but they aren't able to capture enough of that value to continue moving the industry forward. And as a result, even if you took the entire North American airline industry together, a company like Google would be worth multiple times more than that entire industry because Google not only creates an incredible amount of value, but Google is able to capture a lot of that value. And as a result, Google is investing in all kinds of interesting projects because they aren't just worried about staying alive. They have enough revenue coming in from their core search advertising business that they're able to pursue all kinds of interesting projects that, without being in that position, would unlikely to ever be pursued by a company like Google. So it's very important that a business is able to create and capture enough value that they can continue to pursue interesting things moving forward. And so ultimately, what Peter is advocating for here is the idea of having a monopoly position in the market. Now, this is a very interesting word because a lot of people, when we think of monopoly, what we're really thinking about is an illegal monopoly or a situation in which a company has been given unique a unique advantage by government bodies or by some other external force that allows them to hold a monopoly unfairly over the competition. And there's a lot of nuance going on here, but what Peter is describing is essentially a business that is so good at what it does that customers prefer it and rivals or other competitors out there really can't keep up. So for example, Google with their search engine, Amazon with their incredible logistics, even a company like Tesla with their innovation, not only in terms of electric vehicles, but also autonomy and other things that they're pushing forward. These are examples of businesses that solve a unique problem in a unique way 
and they create value for customers and are able to capture that value so they can continue to pursue interesting things moving forward. And so Peter makes the case that all successful companies are different. They all provide unique value to unique customers and are able to capture that, whereas all failed companies are the same. They failed to differentiate themselves. They failed to escape the competition. And at the end of the day, they do not have the resources necessary to think about new and interesting solutions for the long term. They're so focused on this quarter and the next quarter and maybe the quarter after that, they really don't have the kind of thinking that is required to create entirely new solutions that are designed around creating a much brighter and more interesting future moving forward. And so Peter would make the case that what we really need here are more unique businesses that create and capture value in such a way that they're so incredibly successful that they can pursue ambitious projects moving forward. Anyway, those are three of my favorite takeaways from the book. There's so much more covered in this book, all kinds of ideas that I found both inspiring and very thought-provoking when it comes to building a new business or looking for opportunities to create a much brighter and more interesting future. So if you're an entrepreneur, founder, investor, or anybody else interested in building innovative new businesses, I highly recommend that you pick up a copy of Zero to One by Peter Thiel. That's it for this episode. If you have any questions or comments about anything that we covered here, let me know in the comment section. If you're listening to the audio edition, I'll include a link in the show notes that'll take you over to the video edition where you can participate in the comment section. If you're interested in more content like this in the future, I recommend that you subscribe or follow my updates on social media. Thank you for tuning in and I look forward to connecting with you again in a future episode.